0: What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy 85 from the AmiBros podcast coming to you live, giving you the picks that's going to make you money. I don't know if you guys have been following the podcast. I am hitting on college football games this year at above 75%. NFL games, I am still hitting at around 60%. So, um, you know, I'm just giving you guys some, some picks to make the sticks or bread or whatever you want to call it. But let's get into what's going on today. Today is college football semifinals, the playoff semifinals, plus you got the Cotton Bowl, you got a couple other BCS games going on. I want to make sure I give you guys the picks that you're gonna need to get the bricks, to stack them up, stack them up, stack them up. So before I get into the picks though, I got a couple topics I wanna talk about. And I'm gonna get back into my topic of revisionist history. You know, I I people in revisionist history, everything changes, right? Everybody that says, oh, yeah, you know, Jordan's Bulls, they had no chance of losing. Forget that, like, they had this perception of, like, oh, man, the Knicks could get them this year. John Starks? I mean, you throw him in there with an Allen Houston and a Patrick Ewing? I mean, and I mean they were actually up 2-0 in one the series. But with that being said, the, the the at the time, everybody was like, oh, man, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that the Knicks this year could— Knock them the magic. I mean, the magic beat them in 95, even though you know, quote unquote, that never happened because you know, Jordan retired for two years instead of a year and a half. But hey, but then the next year, magic was favorite versus the Bulls. They're like, Oh, and the magic could 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 beat the Bulls. I mean, coming into the season, not after they won 72 games, but coming into the season, the magic were the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. I mean, but revisionist history likes to tell us that oh, we always knew that all along, and it's happening again. Uh, last year, you know, Clemson was not favored to win a national title. Actually, uh, all the pundits, they're like, oh, man, Clemson's team this year. I mean, they're not last year's team. I mean, last year's team had all these first-round picks on the defensive line and blah, 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 blah. But they forget to tell you that last year, they were like, Alabama's not in the same league as Clemson. You know, Dabo made the joke about the Roy Bus and the Tebow's and the Fine Bombs and all these pundits were like, oh, no, yeah, they, there's it's not going to be a close game. Did you see how Clemson struggled versus South Carolina? They gave up 35 points to Jake Bentley. Oh, this defense isn't, I mean, they can give up that, that to Jake Bentley. What are they going to do when they face Tua Tungavailoa? the presumptive number one pick from next year's draft? Blah, 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 blah. And then what happened? Clemson mud-stomped them. And then afterwards, they said, oh, yeah, I mean, we always knew Clemson was the only team that had a chance of beating Alabama, blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't pick them. You didn't think they had a chance. I can pull up all the video clips because, trust me, look at the shirt. I saved them. I did. And now we're back at the same spot where... Money's favoring Clemson. But everybody wants to say, like, oh, man, this... I, Clemson's never been tested. You know, I, I don't know how they're going to do... I mean, they haven't been tested. Um, were the 2017 Golden State Warriors ever tested? No. No. Were, were the 2001, 2002 Lakers ever tested? Went 15-1 in the play. No? No, they weren't. What about this? Uh, how about were, you know, because I, you know, I hear now, oh, Ohio State's battle tested. I mean, they've been in tough games. We know how they react. You know who also was in tough games? The New Jersey Nets, 2001. The Eastern Conference Finals, I think, with the game seven versus Vince Carter. I mean, Jason Kidd and, and, and Richard Jefferson and Kane Martin and all those guys, I mean, they, they had been battle tested. But, you, you know, what, what happened was there was another team that wasn't battle tested. They were the Lakers, and they swept them. So let's be honest. Ohio State has an advantage in what area? All right, let, let's go through it. Quarterback clearly goes to Clemson. Uh, I like Justin Fields. Justin Fields isn't Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has already won a national title. Justin Fields has said his knee is at 80%. And if he can't run, it significantly impacts their offense. So that that goes to Clemson. Uh, running back, J.K. Dobbins is good. I, we, we'll call it a push. I would take Travis Etienne. Uh, Travis Etienne has six carries on the year in the fourth quarter the entire season. So at yards per carry and yards after contact, he's by far leading the nation by about a yard and a half above everybody else. Um, and their defensive line has missed 20% of their tackles their last three games uh, on running backs. The first eight games or nine games of the season? Yeah, first nine games of the season, they were they had missed, I think on average, about 10 tackles per game. Uh, they've missed 20 the last three games, and that just happens to be when they played some decent teams, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Um, throw in the fact that once we move past that, wide receiver core? I like Alave from uh, Ohio State, but we clearly know that they, they don't have T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Amari Rodgers. and even at the tight end position, Braden Galway, who's coming back, who was suspended for the past year with the Osterine trace amounts that comes in chicken and a lot of other items, where he passed the lie detector test and then somehow still gets suspended for the year. He's back now, so you have a, a, a an elite tight end now coming back that you haven't had all season for Clemson. You got the offensive line, uh. Ohio State's offensive line is giving up over 30 sacks this year. They've gotten pressure on Justin Fields consistently. Clemson's offensive line is is stellar. So we're going to give the edge to Clemson there. All right, let's go to the defensive side. Clearly, we're going to give the defensive line to Ohio State. Although, outside of Chase Young, I think that that defense can be gashed. It it has some holes in it. But because of Chase Young and his dominance, we're clearly going to give that edge to Ohio State. Linebacking core, not close. Isaiah Simmons, I think, is the best defensive player in the country. Everybody's super high on Chase Young, and, and deservedly so. But I don't think people realize, like, Isaiah Simmons has 14.5 tackles for loss at the linebacker position, plus multiple picks. He runs a four 3 40 at a linebacker, and he has a, a, a standing jump of uh, reaching 11 feet 10 inches. He covers everything. So as much as they like Dobbins or, or Phil's running in open space, if there's Isaiah Simmons there, they're not going far. Let's go on to the secondary. Clearly, I think the cornerbacks would favor uh, Ohio State because they have Jeff Okuda. They have, um, and, and the other guy's name is blanking me. But it uh, starts with an A. And if I, if I didn't say it, I would, I'll think of it in a couple seconds. Either way, their cornerbacks are elite. Clemson's cornerbacks are also elite. A.J. Terrell is a potential first-round pick. Darian Kendrick's a sophomore, but a potential first-round pick. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge on corners to, to Ohio State. But when it comes to safeties, I'm clearly going to give the edge to Clemson, who has uh, Tanner Muse, who on several of the teams was an All-American, and Kayvon Wallace, who's a senior, who started for three years. So when you look at these matchups, obviously you have special teams, kickers, everything. Both of them have solid special teams. I think Clemson wins in most of the majority of all the categories. I'm going to take Clemson and win the game by at least 14 points. If you can get the alternative line and get Clemson at like minus 10 at plus 250 take that line i expect the game to get out of hand um i just think we're we're forgetting we had the same concerns about clemson last year oh they didn't play the schedule like alabama played who went through georgia and lsu and the sec west and blah 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 blah, blah. be prepared for a blowout secondly this is a change from the podcast on the podcast i picked a close game versus um oklahoma and lsu i said i thought oklahoma would be able to run the ball and keep the game close but as I'm starting to study it and as I'm I'm, I'm reevaluating it, LSU um, is going to be able to score. I mean, they scored on Georgia at will, and Georgia had a top 10 defense in the country. Plus, Oklahoma is suspended or has injured, I think, three starters on defense, a couple starters on offense. You throw in the fact that um, LSU is going to be out there to prove a point to get that game over with because uh, Edwards Hilaire, who on the podcast, I said I didn't think was going to play, is now going to play. I'm going to take LSU to win that game to cover the 13 and a half points, book that, The last two games on the picks, uh, take Penn State if you can get them at 6.5 or Memphis if you can get them at 7.5. I think it's going to be a seven-point game. The only concern, I was leaning significantly Memphis. Uh, But with Mike Norvell going to Florida State, he took his offensive uh, coordinator uh, – I don't know, I'm sorry. He took his defensive coordinator with him. And Norvell was calling an offensive play. So both of their coordinators who have called the plays are no longer calling the plays. Um, Memphis could be out to prove a point. I do get that side of the, the, the picture. But you're going versus a Penn State team who still has most of all their coordinators in place. Um, I think it's going to be a seven-point game. Uh, but I would take Penn State if you can get that line or bet it down to 6.5. That would be the, the play I would take. And lastly – Do not touch the Notre Dame-Iowa State game. If I was going to pick one, I would take Notre Dame. But Iowa State is one of the streakiest teams in the country. They may win by 50. They may lose by 50. I would tell you the consistent team is Notre Dame. So if you're going to bet it and not listen, bet Notre Dame. But if you're going to be smart, don't bet that game at all. Guys, uh, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Obviously, check us out on on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any place you can find your your podcast. As well, as check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash the AmiBros. You got Instagram at AmiBros underscore podcast or Twitter at AmiBros podcast. And I'm out. Peace.